know fresher than whole, riddle me that The rest of y'all know where I'm lurking yeah. Can't none of y'all mirror me back Yeah, hear me rap, it's like hand G rapping is prime I'm young H.O., rap's grateful dead Back to take over the globe, now break bread I'm in Boeing Jets, Global Express Out the country with the blue it is already week 14 DFS MVP Holden Kushner and TJ Hernandez, four for fours, director of DFS. TJ, thank you so much for playing this song. Please let everybody know what this is all, what this is all about because it's one of my favorite hits of the early 2000s. Uh, probably one of my top three rap albums of all time, Black oh. Album from Jay-Z 2003 and uh, the single Encore brought us in. So I had to uh, put a little Jay-Z on today in celebration of Jay-Z going back on Spotify for the first time, I think, in like three years. Uh, and that's also Jay-Z's 50th birthday. So I uh, had to put on some Jay-Z today. Uh, obviously, if I'm talking about Spotify, it means we have him on our Spotify playlist, DFS MVP. Just search DFS MVP in Spotify, or you can find it uh, on the site when we post the podcast or on my Twitter. When I post the podcast, you can find the links on both of those places before we get into everything today if you're sports betting and you want to be a winning nfl better check out weekly selections from nfl sharp james salinas he's the most successful super contest winner of all time just visit sharpanglesports.com and start winning today all right let's do this man we got week 14 plays our core plays DraftKings and FanDuel, and of course our game theory segment, which is a cool one. We're going to talk about red zone EV part two. Mm-hmm. So real quick, because I think uh, the last time you did a part one was remarkable. Just give a little tease to what EV part two is going to be. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go over the same concepts. Those that, that aren't aware. Uh, basically what I do is I break down uh, red zone opportunities and give them to a little bit more of a, a granular level. So what all those targets and opportunities really mean in terms of scoring opportunity and who uh, is actually performing um, under their expected opportunity the most. Uh, we'll do go position by position breakdown of that. And I'll, I'll give a, a more detailed breakdown when we get to that section. All right. Sign up right now. DFS MVP is the code. 25% off the DFS sub only on 4 for 4. DFS MVP is the code. Uh, what's going on with the Rate Review t-shirt giveaway, man? Uh, we took a break last week, but uh, moving forward, if you go on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a review, we'll automatically enter your name to win some free 4 for 4 swag. We've got some great t-shirts on the 4 for 4 site. Just uh, leave us a review. Your name's automatically entered. We'll do a drawing, and I will announce the winner next week and for the coming weeks leading up to uh, week 17. All right, beautiful. For the new listeners, what we do every week, give some of our core plays at every position for the main slate on DK and FanDuel, and then we have that theory segment, which is EV Part 2. Let's just get into quarterback here. Denver going up against Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, 7,700 on FanDuel, 6,500 on DraftKings. Uh, Big-time favorite for the Texans. Why do you like him here? Well, from a, a lineup building perspective this week, what we've uh, kind of has been the decision on whether we even bother mentioning Lamar Jackson or uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey is if we're, we're forcing them in because they've been the top values at their position pretty much week in, week out as long as they're on the main slate. 
uh, this week you're not it's it's gonna be really hard and unless there's an injury or, or like Dalvin Cook ends up not playing uh, it's gonna be really hard to fit in both Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey at least in in a cash game setting so I I just want to mention uh, some alternatives to those guys if you decide to choose one or the other uh, Watson is my favorite play after the Lamar Jackson for uh, I mean just the scoring upside of the offense this week they have a, a 26 point implied total uh, as you mentioned big favorites favored by nine and a half points and Watson gives you a, a really good passing floor and obviously as we saw last week one of the best ceilings um, in the game at quarterback Watson has multiple passing touchdowns in four of his last five games and, and what we're really looking for is opportunities for efficiency from our quarterback always trying to drive that home from a fantasy perspective we're looking for um, efficiency not volume when you can couple of that with a high scoring game that's really a recipe for success for your fantasy quarterback uh, only three quarterbacks on the main slate have a higher touchdown rate than Watson this season that that touchdown rate is an efficiency metric that we always want to be looking at and then the matchup on paper it doesn't look good Denver top 10 in raw fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks top 10 when we adjust for strength of schedule at four for four but again going back to that efficiency uh, they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points per attempt over the last six weeks uh, the reason that the their total fantasy scoring is down they faced the fourth fewest pass attempts in that span so on a per attempt level they have not been good uh but uh their raw numbers just kind of uh they're they're a little watered down because of the low volume they've seen but watson doesn't need a lot of volume to get it done and if uh, the texans are able to approach or even surpass that 26 point total uh, that's a really good thing for watson all right, so that's number one there. And by the way, I mean, you've got some interesting pricing at quarterback this week, Man. right? you got all the good quarterbacks, um, which are facing incredibly good defenses. Yeah. And then you got a lot of the cheap quarterbacks that are kind of up there too. So it's yeah, all over the place. And the ones that are in good spots, I mean, it's always like this, but it seems uh, – um, it's been adjusted a little bit more than I've seen in the past. Like the, the decent quarterbacks or the perceived decent quarterbacks in good spots, they're priced way up. Like Lamar Jackson is all the way up at 9K on uh, on on FanDuel, which is an insanely high number for a quarterback. Uh, but then you look at like like Aaron Rodgers is in a great spot. If you just look at it on paper, you would think, oh, maybe I'll play A-Rod, but he's only 600 cheaper than Lamar. So now you're in this quandary. Like if I'm going to pay that much, 8400 I might as well just go up to the 9000 for the uh for for the best fantasy quarterback in the league. So yeah, there's the the values across the board are, are really interesting this week. The pricing is is getting tough and like I mentioned, we don't have um a lot of obvious or really any obvious free squares or pay down spots. So you're really going to have some some decisions to be put to this week. All right, so let's move on to Ryan Tannehill here, who has just resurrected his career. He finally yeah. got out of Miami. Seems like he's in a good situation. The Titans' run game is rolling with Derrick Henry, so this is correlated with Tannehill having some decent games. 7,300 Fanduel, 5,800 DraftKings, visiting Oakland this week. And, you know, Tennessee's offense has just looked completely different since Tannehill took over. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and they're they're not like lighting the world on fire. They're not scoring thirty points a game, but it's it's a concentrated offense. Tannehill um, is is scoring very efficiently, and then when he's not, it's going to Derrick Henry. Uh, so I mean, though they. 
those two guys have both been very efficient in what they've done, and Tannehill's is uh, reflected in his fantasy points per pass attempt after his game last week. He's now tied with Lamar Jackson for the most fantasy points uh, on a per-attempt basis, and now he gets an Oakland defense that ranks 30th when we adjust for strength of schedule at 4 for 4 With all that, Tennessee has their highest implied point total of the season. They're projected by Vegas to score 25 points, and then and uh, Tannehill doesn't always offer this, but he has given you a, a bit of a rushing floor in recent weeks. He's 35 rushing yards in three of his last four games, multiple touchdowns in three straight games and five of his last six going back to week seven, only five quarterbacks with more passing touchdowns than Ryan Tannehill. So he's, uh, he's doing it again, uh, kind of like what I talked about with uh, players facing Denver. You don't need a ton of volume, but he's been very efficient, been scoring uh, multiple touchdowns a lot of times on few on fewer than 30 pass attempts. And Oakland is a team that is going to allow a very high touchdown rate. So even if they do lean on Derrick Henry, um, I think Tannehill should do enough to get it done early against his Oakland defense where he should more than hit value. Quick thought on Tom Brady. I didn't even bring this up to you mm. before the show, but he had that five-game stretch where he was doing nothing. Got back, um, and they were down, and he I think he only completed like 51% of his passes, mm-hmm. but he got in the high 20s point-wise. And this week, you know, you look at him, he's sitting 6-1. I'm not going to trust Drew Brees in cash this week. No way against San Francisco, but, you know, Brady's $200 more. Would you consider Brady at all in cash? And would are you going to consider him in GPPs this week? Um, I'll consider him in GPPs. I I just don't like him uh, really at all uh, mm-hmm. in in any format. Just because last week it was like you said, it was a lot of that was uh, come from behind late fourth quarter. I think what was the score? Twenty eight to seven, like like into the fourth quarter. Um, I don't remember the exact score, but the point is they were down big, uh, and and I think the first touchdown came basically against just the truest form of a prevent defense we've seen. Uh, I, I don't know if it's if it's Brady or if it's receiver his receivers. There's a lot of talk this week and last just about his receivers not doing what he expects them to do, and obviously that could contribute to it. But whatever side it's coming from, he's just not efficient. He's like down at like. Kyle Allen, uh, Jacoby Brissett levels in terms of, of efficiency if we look at pretty much any metric. And then with Brady on top of it, you you have a Kansas City defense that really filters points through uh, the running backs. And we know that the, the Patriots, they're just a team that uh, there's so much variance in their offense because they spread the ball around uh, that it's, it'd be very easy, even if they do keep pace. Uh, well, not keep pace. They're actually their favorite against the Chiefs. But uh, if it is like a high-scoring game and they have three or four offensive touchdowns, Brady could still easily have a one-touchdown game. God, he started off so hot, too. Five mm-hmm. of his first six games, he scored at yeah. least 23 DK points. And it's just gone downhill since then. But he's coming off a big week, and uh, I, don't, I would not expect it to happen again unless you think it's a shootout between the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Patriots – now the game plan uh, it doesn't work for him. Let's go to running back. Seems like every week we're talking about Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. TJ, he's seventy five hundred Fanduel, seventy eight hundred on DraftKings. Going up against the Chargers. I mean, this is a guy that just gets the ball as much as any other player in the National Football League. He's right up there in touches. We want more touchdowns. We'd like some touchdowns. That would be terrific. But the volume's just there too much. Yeah, the reason we we keep talking about him is because one of the biggest inputs into these uh, salary algorithms on on the fantasy sites is 
fantasy scoring and one of the biggest um, inputs for fantasy scoring is touchdowns and Leonard Fournette's just not scoring touchdowns so even though he's getting the volume he's hitting value has had a couple really nice games a couple showed up in a couple winning lineups um, it's just not those huge 20 point games every week so it's kept his salary kind of in check 7500 FanDuel 7800 DraftKings um, and, and for what he's doing in terms of how much he's getting the ball that's that's just very affordable over the last month He's one of three running backs with at least 50% of his team's touches. The only other two guys, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, way more expensive than Fournette on both sides. Henry, way more expensive than Fournette on FanDuel. Uh, And part of the reason that Fournette has reached that 50% touch there over the month is because he has at least 23 touches in each of his last two games, and those uh, both of those games included at least 11 targets. So that mm. gives him, uh, in, in the past, where you wouldn't really think is Fournette as someone you favor on DraftKings with all of that target volume, makes for an even better play on DraftKings because he hasn't been uh, finding the end zone that much. And he's in a... the the. Jaguars are underdogs, but they filter points to running backs, and the spread's only three in this game. Um, the the Chargers are seventh or better in schedule of adjusted points to every single position against running backs, except for running backs where they rank 26. So uh, the Jaguars should be feeding Fournette here in this one. Uh, they've been behind, and that's actually yeah. a pretty – like on DraftKings, you got to have them in there. It's just yeah. when they're behind, they throw to him. He's the number one option, but that was Foles. So I wonder how much it does change when Minshew comes back, and I don't think it's going to matter at all, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, we still saw a, a full half uh, with Minshew last week, and Fournette still got all of that work. It's not like all of that work came um, in the first half. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think that it's like the situation with, with Minshew a couple weeks ago where we saw Fournette um, uh really not get a ton of usage like they've they've been behind in a couple of games but they were actually just absolutely getting smoked in uh in those two games where we saw Fournette barely getting any usage so I don't think I think those two games are the aberration we have enough of a sample size this season where it's Fournette's the the 20 touch game is his norm not not the 11 or 12 touch game get him in the end zone man just get him in the end zone already uh let's go to the other side of that game 7300 FanDuel 6400 DraftKings Melvin Gordon visiting Jacksonville. So here's my one concern about this game before we get into Gordon. Uh, please don't put Tyrod Taylor in there. I don't care how much <laughs> yeah. Philip Rivers sucks. Please let all these reports be false. I do not want to see Tyrod Taylor. I need just just let Philip Rivers end his career over this last month. That'll be that. Yeah, and, and I almost wonder if if the like the, the Chargers organization uh, not wanting to embarrass rivers and Bencham has been a function of the shift that we've seen in recent weeks of their offense because uh over the first three quarters of the season or, or a little over half of the season they were one of the most pass heavy teams in the league and and we've seen them leaning on gordon a lot more over the past month uh 40 just under 44 percent of the team touches eighth highest over the last month 22 plus touches in three of his last four games and he's he's still very affordable despite that shift um in volume, 7,300 FanDuel, 6,400 DraftKings. Uh, Jacksonville, even worse than the Chargers. Uh, they rank bottom five in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to the the running back position. 
playing two running backs from the same game um, isn't something that I necessarily like to do. Um, it, it could hamper your your floor in cash games and, and definitely your ceiling in GPPs. But I, I do think it's something you have to consider this week just because uh, the the running back landscape is it's it's tough. We got Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook priced way up, um, and then you got guys like Alvin Kamara in a tough spot. So you kind of if you're looking for value, if you want some kind of like balanced lineup build, you're almost forced to to play these guys together. Like I don't think people are playing a, a Aaron Jones in cash. Maybe you could squeeze a Nick Chubb, but you're definitely considering playing these two guys together in every format if that's the kind of lineup build you're looking for. Yeah, and just going I, I like really, straight stars and scrubs. Yeah. Yep. I really prefer Melvin Gordon on FanDuel, mm-hmm. uh, just because he's not getting. Tar- Austin Eckler is just he's, he's swallowing up all of the the targets, and mm-hmm. from running backs right now. And I feel like that just makes Gordon that much better of a play on FanDuel. And he tore up Denver last week, so things are going well for Melvin Gordon. Uh, wide receiver. We're going back to Devontae Adams, eighty four hundred FanDuel, eight thousand DraftKings as they take on the lowly Redskins defense. And he's just getting peppered. He's absolutely getting peppered. And if you look at the home road splits, Devontae Adams, better at home. Yeah, one thing that uh, I, I did this week just because – there, there are so many ways to go with um, lineup builds, and and people are gonna have a, t- a hard time jamming in the McCaffreys or the uh, the Lamar Jacksons this week. As I I did actually tier uh, my my wide receiver suggestions for this week, which I don't always do. I always try to just give. Um, you know, the, I want to give the, the best values possible, but this week I, I don't think there's just any obvious plays at wide receiver. So go through these <laughs> tiers and, and talk about the best play in each tier. And uh, Devontae Adams, I do believe, is the best pay-up option, even though we have Michael Thomas on the main slate. Michael Thomas is a little more expensive on both sides, and he's getting the, the 49ers defense. So that's obviously a huge struggle, not just that Michael Thomas is going to struggle against that secondary, but the only only time we've really seen San Francisco break this year has been against mobile quarterbacks, quarterbacks that can extend the play. Obviously, Drew Brees isn't one of those guys. So that's why I'm giving the the nod to one of the reasons I'm giving the nod to Adams as my high price guy here against Washington. Uh, like you said, he's just been Aaron Rodgers guy since coming back back from injury. His uh, 32% target share leads the league over the past month. Uh, since he's come back from injury five weeks ago, at least 30% of uh, his team's targets in every single game, second and red zone targets in that span. And one thing that I really like about this matchup is if we look at how Washington has performed against wide receivers as a whole, they actually rank six in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to opposing wide receivers. But of course that's looking at the entire wide receiver core. What I like is the Washington corners pretty much uh, uh, stay stationary. So since Josh Norman uh, got benched, that's moved Fabian Moreau to the outside. He's only going to stay on one side. What Green Bay does, they move their wide receivers around. If you look where Adams lines up at, it's right around 30 to 35% left side, right side, and in the slot. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them move Adams over to Moreau's side, who uh, is bottom 15 yards per target, bottom 10 in fantasy points points per target that's clearly their their weak spot right now and uh, i would expect them to take advantage of that so these are tiers you're talking about here 
Like, yeah, just just pricing tiers, just because right. I'm just because I don't love like I don't love any one solid build this week. So I, I just want to go through a couple different pricing options and give people uh, uh, different guys to think about depending how, how you want to pay up. Like if you're if you're going stars and scrubs and want to pay up for CMC, then you're going to need two or three like really cheap uh, wide receivers. But uh, the cheap wide receivers, I'm I'm not in love with. So uh, I mean, if you don't end up paying for CMC, maybe you decide that you want to go with with Adams. So um, I, I think there's I don't think there's one obvious viable build this week, and I think that's why it's a, a really tough week. Uh, DJ Moore, 7100 FanDuel, 7000 DK. So he's in the 7000 tier. Devonte Adams mm-hmm. in the 8K tier. Yep. And we're talking about you know Carolina going to Atlanta. I don't know what to make of the coaching change. How this team in particular is going to respond. Mm -hmm. So I'm not concerned about that right now. What I am concerned about uh, is how much our receivers, how much volume our receivers are seeing. And DJ Moore is just getting peppered too. Yeah. I don't really know like what even their options would be. I was talking to it with John Paulson today, like what the the coaching change might impact. Um, I, with, with their personnel, with, um, with their quarterback, with Christian McCaffrey, like how, like how can you really change the offense that much at this point? And then especially with Greg Olson on the injury report, if he ends up not playing, it's, I mean, it's DJ Moore and and Christian McCaffrey, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really know what else you can do at this point, but uh, DJ Moore, it's, I mean, it's, it's no surprise at this point. We've talked him up so much on this podcast and he's finally turned his volume the last few weeks into big games. Like he's not a fantasy secret at this point, but his, um, his price tag is, is still really palatable, just barely above 7,000 on Fandle, right at 7,000 on DraftKings. Uh, that target share is, is just super steady every week, 27% or more in every single game since week five. He's now sixth in targets per game among all players. Um, that, that even though he's like, I mean, he's basically getting elite volume, right? He's, he's uh-huh. a, a top five or, or six guy in terms of volume still priced as the wide receiver 14 on FanDuel and wide receiver, uh, 10 on DraftKings. And what we talked about, like, it was almost like on cue a few weeks ago, we talked about him, um, as a guy that's seen a ton of volume. I think it was the, the segment where we talked about, um, touchdown rates in, in terms of targets and DG Moore is like at the top of that list, but he just wasn't seen touchdown viable targets. I, I, th- I think it was that week. It started week nine since then. Uh, he's seen 10 targets, 10 of his 12 red zone targets, um, in the red zone have come in that span. And in that span, uh, it's the most in the league. So that's, oh. that's a big reason why he is, uh, turning those targets into fantasy production all of a sudden, because he's getting, getting them near the end zone. Not a surprise. Yeah. And I always feel like Curtis Samuel is the number one red zone target for for Kyle Allen but DJ Moore is right there. I mean, this is yeah. the numbers are right there in front of you. Uh the $6,000 tier, Tyler Boyd, 6300 FanDuel, 5900 DraftKings. Uh so you got Tyler Boyd, you got Andy Dalton back. So the offense looks like it's at least, you know, it, it's it's an NFL offense again. Um and he again just has a great connection with Andy Dalton and he's the offensive player that that really benefits the most from his return in my estimation. Yeah, I actually like Tyler Boyd and Odell in this game. Odell's only four hundred dollars more on on 
Um, on DraftKings, he's priced up, but not priced up. It's priced down for him, but five hundred dollars more on Fanduel. But he's really close to that uh, that DJ Moore suggestion. So I, I do want to mention that Odell is in this tier as well. Um, Odell's kind of a little a bit of a regression candidate this week, but Tyler Boyd um, is is the volume monster and probably a little bit of a safer play than Odell. You could argue just because Odell has been kind of taking a backseat to Landry a little bit uh, the the last few weeks. But Boyd with Dalton has been, um, he's he's another guy that's underpriced relative to his expected volume. If if we say that his his expectation is 10 or more targets, which, which he's averaging with Andy Dalton, that's top five in the league. Uh, last week we saw it again, 10 plus targets, six of nine games with Andy Dalton. He didn't see any 10 target games with Finley in there. Uh, another thing that he has going for him is that Cincinnati is a eight and a half point underdog, so that should lead to a a pretty pass heavy game script. Uh, the way that the Browns have defended the slot, they've obviously they have T.J. Carey who is their slot cornerback, but he's been their worst cornerback, most yards and fantasy points per target among the Cleveland corners. So they have used their safety, uh, brought down their safety a bit to cover uh, the the slot. But either way, that is the weak spot in their secondary. So that's another positive for Boyd. All right, so that's your wide receiver list. At tight end, I want to go to the cheap guy first because okay. um, he's just he's getting targeted over and over again by Kirk Cousins. So there's no Adam Thielen, and Adam Thielen was the red zone target there for Kirk Cousins. And when Thielen's out, Kyle Rudolph turns into a tight end one. And he's very affordable this week, 4,800 FanDuel, 4,400 DraftKings. It's like every week just check to see if – Thielen's coming back. If he isn't, go to Kyle Rudolph if the matchup is even okay. Because, again, this is the guy that Kirk Cousins is looking for. Yeah, and we're recording this Wednesday night. Thielen did not practice Wednesday, but have we heard anything definitive yet? No, this there's week? rumblings that they might shut him down for the rest of the regular season okay, that's and get I him I going. So, I, I mean, listen, it could surprise me. I'm going about this as he's not playing this week. Yeah, if you're talking about that, um, then uh, then that's obviously a pretty big deal. And this is a team that that has very very much in the playoff mix, right? So it, it makes a lot of sense that if if they're rolling, um, they want him healthy for the playoffs. So it's it's no it, it's. It doesn't make sense to force him back, especially this week against Detroit, who they should have a, a pretty easy time with. The Vikings are uh, favored by 13. They have the highest implied point total um, on the slate. And, and Rudolph has been very consistent, both in his volume and his fantasy production. Five targets in four straight games, scored in five of his last six games, top 10 in red zone targets in those last six games. Uh, and you already mentioned Thielen. If he's not practicing, that that kind of makes this a, a lock for me, um, at least on, on FanDuel where Rudolph is priced all the way down at 4800 and. We don't have a, another super cheap, obvious play on DraftKings. You can make the argument for Jack Doyle over Kyle Rudolph. They're both in the same range. Doyle's at 4,600, but uh, I think if you're paying down, it has to be Rudolph on FanDuel. The Lions, you can make the case that they're now the worst defense in the league. They rank in the bottom five and schedule adjusted points to every single skill position. That includes a 28th ranking against the tight end. Yeah, I just real quick want to go back to Thielen, and I cannot stress enough how how much I love um, Kyle Rudolph this week. Mm -hmm. You didn't have Vance McDonald on here, man. Come on. Don't we yeah, need to I just can't. pick on the cards every week? Uh, real I mean, quick. I, I know people want you. Know, I've just. 
All right, you know what? I already brought it up. Let's just come on. Tyler Higby last week. Why not Vance McDonald? Um, because he's been Vance McDonalding all year and just hasn't <laughs> done anything with his targets. Uh, I mean, I I know we've we've seen yeah. some pretty bad tight ends uh, do well against Arizona this year, but it just it's. We had a, we had Vance McDonald as as a chalk play a couple of weeks ago and and it it screwed us over. Um, I mean his his volume was there for he had a he had a three game stretch where he saw seven targets in each game and he turned that into a whopping seventy yards on on twenty one targets. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I know Arizona's bad but uh, he just he's done nothing to show that he can he can uh, perform in in this offense and it's just I mean it's an offense that isn't going to put up a, a ton of fantasy production even against the worst defenses in the league just real quick you know is almost as bad against tight ends as arizona and that would be atlanta which is why ian thomas's name will be brought up a million times this week but let's talk about the top price guy here uh the guy you're actually looking forward to talking to george kittle uh 6700 fandle 5900 DraftKings, visiting new orleans which this is really the soft spot in that new orleans defense Really, the only soft spot, um, at least from a fantasy standpoint, the Saints they rank in the top seven uh, in against every position in terms of fantasy points allowed if we adjust for strength of schedule. But they rank twenty second against tight ends, and this, I mean, obviously we Kittle had a down week last week. We know he's the the basically the wide receiver one um, in this offense, and he's going to be among the the top two or three guys in terms of volume and, and targets and end zone opportunities among all tight ends. So if you are paying up for the position, uh, it's it's which one are you going to pay for? And he's priced right there with, with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's price uh, does reflect the tough matchup against the Patriots. But I wanted to point out that I'm, I'm giving the Kittle, I'm giving Kittle the nod this week. Uh, because it's it's a really small sample size, and it is dangerous to look at a a player versus a team matchup historically. But one thing that Bill Belichick uh, is known for, and the Patriots are known for, is taking away a number one option. And in a short sample, it seems as though they've prioritized um, Kelsey over. Uh, Tyreek Hill in, in the last two games that the Patriots have played where Hill and Kelsey have both been active. Hill's combined for 14 catches, 175 yards, four touchdowns. Kelsey's put up 10 catches, uh, 101 yards, and zero touchdowns. So, I mean, one of those games was a three-touchdown game for Hill, but well over 100 yards in both of those games against the Patriots. So, uh, for whatever reason, whether it, it be because they're, they're, the Chiefs are going to move uh, Tyreek Hill around the formation, it's kind of hard to decide where you're going to roll your safety to against him. Uh, it seems that Belichick has prioritized Kelsey over Hill. Uh, defense, Packers... 5,000 against Washington. They're 5,000 on what? Fandle? Uh, 5,000 on Fandle, and then they are, uh, sorry, I didn't write down the price, uh, 4,000 on on DK. All right, 4K on DK. So massive favorites at Lambeau against a rookie quarterback starting for the Washington Redskins. I mean, if you're paying up, these are the guys. Yeah, we have, I mean, we have quite a few, um, quite a few big favorites this week. So there, there are, a lot of uh, uh, pay-up options, and, and we've seen throughout the season that th- this season has kind of flipped what we like to do on its head. It's 
It's been hard not to pay up for defense this week, but the Packers aren't so much more expensive than any other team that, that you need to look over them. They're the biggest favorites of the week at 14 points. And, um, I mean, we're, we're a broken record at this point when talking about Washington. Bottom three, pass blocking. Haskins has the worst interception rate in the league. Uh, Green Bay, they're an above-average team if we look at uh, football outsiders' adjusted sack rate. So they should be able to put pressure on Haskins and, and continue that trend of, of a lot of turnovers, especially, especially if they get up big as expected. All right, and then if you want to save a little bit of money there, still paying up on FanDuel, 4000 for the Colts. 2400 on DK. They're taking on Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston uh, loves throwing interceptions, loves fumbling, <laughs> and loves getting sacked. And I mean, that's yeah. what we're looking for. <laughs> Absolutely. He enjoys it. Uh, yeah, they're they're still expensive, like relatively expensive, but we have five, six, seven, eight, nine. We still we have thirteen defenses priced ahead of them on FanDuel this week. Uh, there's just a, there's a lot of defenses and and just pretty good spots. Uh, so it, it's relative to a bunch of teams, they are kind of a pay down. Four thousand still a little bit expensive on FanDuel. Twenty four hundred is a is a pretty good price on on DraftKings if you could get under that twenty five hundred mark. Um, that's going to open up a, a lot of salary. Uh, the the Colts they're a little bit of a risky play because they are three point underdogs on the road but like you said Jameis Winston's second highest interception rate in the league Tampa Bay bottom ten in adjusted sack rate allowed and then top ten in neutral passing rate over the last six weeks so not only uh, does Jameis th- uh, throw a lot of interceptions and Tampa Bay let people get after Jameis or Jameis let people get after him but they continue to throw at a really high rate and they're they're pulling running backs because they can't protect Jameis so we'll see how that goes this week and Arians even came out for the first time and said he didn't know what they're going to do with Jameis yeah straight up asked he's like I'll answer that after the season he's been defending him all season long the interceptions uh I think he just lost (laughs) lost a big vote of confidence there (laughs) so stick a fork in him um he might be fantasy relevant for the end of the season though so don't totally stick a fork in him hey sharp angle sports is the exclusive home for nfl selections from james salinas as we know the man that is the most successful super contest winner of all time he won the westgate super contest it's the super bowl of sports betting he won it in 2015 the next year he finished third in 2018 he finished 26 and over the last four years picking 85 games a year He's 63.3% against the spread. That is remarkable. There's only one place to get James Salinas' NFL against the spread and over-under selections every week, and that would be sharpanglesports.com. So visit the site today. TJ, Red Zone Expected Value, Part 2. That's the topic of our uh, Game Theory segment today. So let's just start. What is Red Zone Expected Value? Yeah, if, you, uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, especially uh, five weeks ago, then you know what it is. Um, if you haven't, then I will go over it real quick. Uh, red zone expected value. It's a metric that I designed to help quantify a, a player's scoring expectation based on the starting field position of every play that takes place in the red zone. And the, the reason I, I started doing this is because um, maybe four or five years ago, when I was looking at at red zone data the only thing you could find is like red zone targets red zone passes and we were just looking at 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 overall rates um inside the red zone touchdown rates inside the red zone but uh obviously every red zone opportunity isn't created equal where most of our touchdowns happen so like a a 
a pass from the 20 yard line isn't going to have the same touchdown expectation as a rush from the one yard line. So what red zone expected value does is it looks at every single play that takes place in the red zone and it assigns a, um, an expected touchdown rate to that play depending on whether it's a pass to uh, to which specific position, what yard line that uh, play took place on, and the touchdown rate of that play over the past three years. So like a quick example just to show you like what a difference uh, in the expectation would be. Over the last three seasons, a pass play that starts between the opponent's 16 and 20-yard line has just over an 11% chance of uh, being a touchdown, which is an expected point value of 0.7 points per play. Whereas a pass play that starts inside the five-yard line has an expected value of 2.6 points per play. The touchdown rate is uh, a little under 44% there. So by using those rates and going through every single play in the red zone, it lets me know which players are are underperforming and which players are overperforming uh, relative to their usage in the red zone. gives us a much more accurate number than something just like a, a blanket red zone touchdown rate. See, but earlier in the show, you're against Tom Brady and like, yeah, you know, I'll talk to you about why we you'll talk to me about mm-hmm. why we use it, why we use yep. EV. But yep. hey, Tom Brady, six TDs below expectation. Come on, man. He's bound to throw six touchdowns against the Chiefs this week. Make up. For it. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, so that's that's what why we we want to use these these plays in context because it's um it's just one piece to to the giant puzzle so if i mean if you see a team that that has an inflated scoring expectation or um they they all are throwing a lot near the goal line a lot of times it is just bad luck with a player like brady or players that are expected to uh that could have some positive regression on the horizon so i mean brady is a good example he is about six touchdowns um below expectation this year he leads the league in red zone attempts with 85 but he's 10th in red zone touchdowns he's only thrown a red zone touchdown on 15 percent of his passes the league average is around 24 percent so you definitely can make the argument that um that that brady is due for some positive touchdown regression but then we could look at somebody like andy dalton who has pretty much the same exact um uh numbers below expectation is brady the difference is cincinnati they've pretty much primarily had their points um, come through the air. They're a very pass-heavy team where, like I mentioned with Brady, it's not just the regression in a situation like that. It's the fact that they will give their running backs a ton of the scoring. So it's it's not always going to come um, in in chunks in a situation like that. But it is it is something to take note of. It is um, could push you in the direction of wanting to play Brady and GPPs because – it, it doesn't the universe always doesn't line up that way, but we'll see it a ton in the course of a season. If we see these players that are scoring that much below expectation, a lot of times it'll it'll just come in one big chunk. And that's what we want in a GPP. So why are we using all this? Why are we using EV? Um, be, because it's exactly what I just pointed out. So what I'm looking for is that those situations where a player is in a position where they are in a, a good situation, they are in an inflated point total situation, and they might be flying a little bit under the radar. They might just be perceived as somebody that, that can't score. But if the opportunity is there, the opportunity is always going to, to outweigh 
um, the results. So if we know a player like Brady or Dalton is getting the opportunities, then sure. I mean, feel free to, to use him in a GPP. But um, I mean, it, it can be scary for for cash games. But we're look we're just looking for players that have the opportunity that haven't capitalized on it yet. All right. So you want to talk about a couple more players? Yeah, let's um, let's jump over over to running backs and a guy that we already mentioned in this podcast. And the reason his um, his salary hasn't spiked yet is is Leonard Fournette. We actually brought him up the last time we talked about red zone expected value um, in this very same space, and he still just hasn't met that expectation in terms of of what kind of volume he's getting uh just not overall but inside the red zone he he only has three touchdowns from inside the red zone if we look at where all of his touches and targets have come from on inside the red zone we would expect uh, about seven touchdowns from Fournette. one thing we're really looking at is uh like i said where are those touchdown touches coming from the closer to the goal line the higher the expectation Fournette has the fourth most carries inside the 10-yard line. I believe the number's at 23 right now. Still only has three red zone touchdowns. So guys that are getting similar volume, just really trailing those guys in term of his actual output. Uh, and and it's something that uh, a game like this against the Chargers uh, where that, that could really break open. Okay, so we got that. And then at wide receiver, you're going back to Odell Beckham again. Yeah, well, I brought him up briefly. Not somebody we talked about as a core play. But Odell Beckham only has seven red zone targets in, in the season, which is um, a really low number. And, and um, given how volatile scoring rates can be, it's not surprising that somebody with only seven red zone targets hasn't found the end zone yet. What is surprising is that four of those targets have come from inside the five, and he he hasn't been able to capitalize on them yet. So even though he only has seven red zone targets on the season, based on historical scoring expectation, and Odell's a guy that should usually be scoring above expectation, um, he should have two or three red zone touchdowns, but he doesn't have any. If we if we go back five weeks ago to when we did this very same segment uh baker mayfield was a guy that came up uh, uh that was performing well under expectation and relative to his red zone volume and he's really turned that back around he's he's pretty much close to like what we would expect for what he's done this year the problem is a lot of that or almost all of that has went to jarvis landry so with beckham getting the usage really close to the goal line i, I wouldn't uh be surprised to to see that turnaround and it's if we look at beckham specifically right now um obviously there's a lot more to to, to volume and people that are under or overperforming and, and expected regression but Odell Beckham over the last month, top 12 in target share, top five in air yards. So he's seen it not just in the red zone, but all over the field. So Beckham's a guy, I mean, if, if he doesn't blow up this week, then it just might kind of be time to, uh, to say this is officially Odell's last season. Uh, yeah. And he'll bounce back next year. I'm a hundred percent. I, I, I agree. But it's not like Baker and Jarvis Landry were best friends immediately. And I know sure. Baker sat some last year. It took him a year. And boom, this is his year. He's going to have a year under his belt with Odell, and I'm going to be buying Odell after this season. Absolutely. I would not be surprised if he ended up uh, not living up to expectations this week, but it would be a nice GPP flyer. I don't think he's a flyer either. He'll probably be more than that. Uh, Tight end, you already brought up George Kittle. Uh, The TDs have to come at some point in time. If it's not this year, it's next year too, but um, he's due. And I hate saying he's due, but he's due. Yeah, and I mean, this is really just a um, 
it's a mathematical way of of justifying our our he's due statements because it's uh it's something that when when people say it it's uh it's kind of hard to back up but this backs it up Mm -hmm. like this really shows us that players are eventually due and and the volume does eventually turn fantasy points um that's that's why we use regression analysis for things like this but Kittle has 10 red zone targets on the season, hasn't scored on any of them. Again, it's not just the fact that he has 10 red zone targets. Six of those targets have come from inside the 10-yard line. Tight ends generally score um, at an extremely high rate on on targets inside the the red zone and especially inside the 10-yard line, uh, inside the 10-yard line upwards of 40%. Uh, So Kittle should have uh, three or four red uh, red zone touchdowns this year. He has he has zero. Um, I think he, I don't remember. He, does he have one or two scores? But they've come from outside the red zone. So that that red zone volume hopefully should turn around for him uh, pretty soon. That's it. It's all the players we got. I'm a little bummed about that. I wanted another twenty, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to read what you put up on four for four this week. And speaking of that, you can sign up for DFS MVP. Uh, the code DFS MVP. You get twenty five percent off DFS sub only. So I will be reading it. Um, definitely, probably twice as a matter of fact, just in case I forget anything. What about the rate review t-shirt giveaway, TJ? Yeah. Like I mentioned up top, uh, if you like the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes and, uh, we will definitely, uh, get your name into the drawing to get some free, nice, super soft, super fresh four for four swag. Uh, while you're on iTunes, make sure you check out Holden's other podcast fantasy first, where he gives you, uh, all of the day's fantasy news in 10 minutes or less. And if you want even more of us, check us out on Twitter, Holden's at Holden radio. I'm at TJ Hernandez. And of course, check out four for four at four for four football. We will talk to you guys next week.